2: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi and every river, lake and field in between. Let's talk everything outdoors. All
3: <laughs> You're on the crazy train. Oh!
1: Welcome to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
3: Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. We do appreciate you tuning us in this morning, getting up early getting that cup of coffee, getting that whole heart rate going. And, uh, you know, we got a a really good show today. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. We got some special guests calling in, so uh, we got some special updates. So we do have a bunch going on today, but if you want to become a part of the show, you got any questions or comments or whatever, all you got to do is give us a call at 414-799-1250. That's 799-1250. Or you can always email us live at the inbox at ceo guys at yahoo.com that's ceo guys at yahoo.com good morning danny good morning, morning tom good morning S- sam how are you doing
0: you got your name right yeah i got his right. name right no more wesley you almost-
3: no more Wes.
0: no I-, I wonder where Wes came from i don't know no, I we think we got to put you on the couch and do a little psychoanalysis there. Yeah, I mean, your mind doesn't come up with a name for
3: for no reason. It just doesn't. Uh, that's happen. right. I know. I know. West... I think we were talking about something about a Wes or a Wesley or for us. We Sam been... Wesley, maybe. We were talking or about Sam something Weston like that. Or I don't know. Who
0: knows? Something flashing back. Um,
3: I just. I'm gonna give. I got to give this announcement twice today. I'll do okay. it once early and once late. Uh, just want to let everybody know that this weekend is the All-Canada Show over there at uh, Franklin, uh, what do they call that f- place? Franklin Park, not Franklin Park, uh, the Franklin Center. Uh, Industrial Franklin. Or whatever. Sports Complex. Uh, sports Complex. complex. Yeah, in, in Franklin Sports Complex. So that's just south of here Yeah, then. it's right down Canada the road down here.
0: Country road there. Yeah. And it's yep. a big place. Yep. Beautiful Real venue. Big
3: place. Yeah, you can't miss it. But uh, Temple Bay Lodge is going to be there at the All Canada Show. But if you can't make it this weekend, they can also uh, visit the people at Temple Bay Lodge in Chicago next weekend. They're also going to be at Battle on Bago in February up on Winnebago. So Temple Bay Lodge will be uh, presenting itself all over the place. So how do you – I've never
0: been to the Battle on Bago – do they have like a booth set up or something there or something along the shoreline or by the, I'm sure uh, it's along the Wayne
3: headquarters or something. I've never been there either, but I'm sure they maybe somebody who's yeah, been there can call, can us. call us at 799 1250. but I'm sure they have something on show. They got a lot of big tents, I mean on shore with a lot of big tents and then they have vendors set up, you know, I'm sure it's something like that on shore. Huh. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Cause I know, they get a lot of
0: people. Up I know there. some of our listeners have gone to that. In fact, oh, one yeah. of our callers last week mm-hmm. I can't remember which one said that he goes Gary. up there.
3: Yeah, Gary. Yeah, he goes up there every. And year. the way
0: that one works is if you catch a fish, right, you register it, and then right. it's that kind of like puts you in a raffle, basically. Right.
3: Yeah, puts you in a drawing. Yeah. So it's not really based on the biggest. I don't know if they got a special prize though. For the biggest, let's say walleye. I think it's because
0: their prizes were so good. Yeah. That the temptation for people to cheat in a yeah, big tournament right. like that right. and actually regulate it right. would be
3: nigh impossible. Right. But I'm I'm just saying they might have like a twenty five dollar reward, you know, prize for the biggest walleye, or maybe a trophy. Maybe just a little trophy for the biggest. I don't know. would think so. Maybe, but who knows? Maybe just a trophy. But yeah, you're right though. It, there's so many cheaters out there that... For the for oh, the cash prizes and stuff. For the cash and a truck. Don't they give away, like, a truck, too? They got some trucks they give away? I, I don't it's know. like, they, oh, my uh, goodness, yeah. I
0: suppose you you could go online there later once you get your uh, computer going and look yeah, it up.
3: Yeah, I, I got it up there now. I mean, oh, and we also, at, at 7.05, we got Jim Sarek calling. Yep. The musky guru, uh, and uh, he's going to be giving us a call talking about the All Canada show.
0: He used to be the... Uh, the guy who ran uh, Muskie Hunter magazine. He owned it for a while. But I guess now he's just doing his TV show. Right, right. right. And he typically films. Well, when we talk to him, it'll be interesting. He uh, he films mostly up in Canada. Right. And uh, sometimes I, I may have seen him in Minnesota. Yeah. But it seems like, Tom, the premier destinations for most muskie hunters these days, for, you know, the real trophy hunters... You don't really hear about northern Wisconsin a lot. You pretty much, right. it's pretty pretty much the, uh, it's pretty much that Minnesota and Canada. Uh, although Green Bay has, a, you know, the Bay of Green Bay has a, a trophy fishery right. there. And right. I've seen a few shows filmed down there. Yeah. Um, but the the Green Bay fishery, that's, that's a tough gig. You know, it's, uh, there's some monster fish, but guys put in their time, like our friend Dave Olson, yeah. You know, and you got to be willing to go up there and troll a day and not catch anything. But then maybe the next day in trolling, you catch one or two. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah it's a, I mean, it's such a big body of water, you know. Yeah, huge. and,
0: and you yeah, have that too. But then again, it's no secret where those where the better spots places are, are and yeah. what everybody's doing. You'll go yeah. out there and you'll see a cluster of boats. hmm uh right after my mother passed and I was up there anyway, I decided to take a personal day off and I and my brother went out on a Friday and oh my gosh, there were boats everywhere, and that's when I saw uh the one two young kids that we saw at the gas station uh talking to us who'd never musky fished before, <laughs> catch a monster out there. Oh man. And I had a I had a I had a nice fish bury a planer board and rip the line back and mm-hmm. uh it was on, on and off just that quick. And you hear about that a lot up there. A lot of guys miss them mm-hmm. on trolling, which is surprising. Mm-hmm. But I got a theory on that. Yeah? Okay, here's my theory. Now, like, if I'm trolling on Pewaukee, we're not talking about Mugambos. We're talking average-sized muskies. You got these smaller crankbaits, sharp hooks, and most of the time they get pinned and hooked pretty good. Um, I-, I think what happens is this, and I've experienced this on uh, Vermilion and Lake of the Woods sometimes, where you'd be winding, casting for muskies in the summer, and you'll feel like you hit a rock. I mean, mm-hmm. it feels like you snagged a rock, and then it's 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 like there and gone, just that quick, and there are no rocks there. And I think those real giant muskies, they got big, huge gator-type heads with big jaw muscles. I think those ones. Are so powerful and big that they can, they just chomp right down so hard on the bait that the hooks never, never get into. It. I mean, they yeah, just chomp yeah, on it, yeah, and the bait, you know, because you could take your hand, and in a lot of cases, if you just grab a bait sideways, you can grab it firmly yeah. sometimes and not really have a hook in your hand necessarily. I, okay, now if you go to pull yeah. away, you know, so when the muskie chomps down like that, it's kind of a If you're lucky enough as they try and release that the hook slides and catches them in the corner of the mouth or whatever, Um, but unless they maybe take a slash at the back of it and chomp down and get a rear treble, I think a lot of times they can be on and just open their mouth and be off just like that. Those, the giant ones with that power in their jaws. You know,
3: Danny, it's funny. uh, Years ago, before the super braid lines, okay, uh, when I would do a muskie seminar, I would, have, I would have a rod set up with monofilament line because we'd, we'd, we'd be talking about monofilament versus braided back then, okay, before the super braids. And I'd have a guy about 50 feet away. I'd give him a rod and reel. He'd walk it off, and I'd have a lure, a musky lure, hooks and all, sharp hooks. I have him test the hooks and all that saying, yeah, yeah, they're sharp. And I'd hold on just like you said. I'd hold on to that lure, and, and the guy would be about 50 feet away. I said, go ahead, set the hook. Oh, no, I don't want to do that. I said, set that hook as hard as you can. And my arm would just pull out a, a little bit, you know, It like with the mono, you're 50 feet away, 70 feet away. You're not going to get that good hook set, you know, I mean, just setting the hook like that. And uh, it was quite an impressive. And then I said, now, if that was braided line. I said I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't hold on to this, Lord. And,
0: and even the braided line had a degree.: It's got a little bit, yeah, of give to it. a little bit. And typically, yeah. you know, you'd set once, you'd yeah. set twice, you'd I maybe mean, three times. maybe three times. <laughs> uh, the new braids. the new braids are, uh, again, no, no stretch, but you know, I found myself more and more for musky and pike. Uh, I found myself more and more going with a drag that's near totally locked down a matter of fact some of the abu garcia reels that i have even with the drag cranked as tight as i can with the star i can still grab with my right hand and if i oh, pull really? hard enough you can nor- you can still get it to maybe you know come out just a little bit Move an inch. it's really uh-huh. hard to lock them some of wow. them right down when wow. you just
3: lock it lock it down but, but i would think for a fish to even pull out an inch if it's locked down that's got to
0: well, I would be a lot of yet, pressure. But then it's surprising. I've had times where I thought I had the drag really, really, really tight, mm-hmm. and with braid and a good solid musky rod, and I'll have a fish hit, and I'll give a mighty hook set back, and I will feel,
3: mm-hmm.
0: I will feel the the, the spool slip. Really? it will have it will like be an initial maybe wow. a little bit. Maybe it's six inches. Maybe it's three inches. Maybe a foot. Mm-hmm. But you'll feel like a a little give. Yeah, yeah. As as it. Uh, Pull some off, yeah. yeah. So even if you got the drag cranked down, uh, if a muskie a big enough fish and a mighty hook set, you can still have some mm-hmm. slippage.
3: But yeah, I've, I've I've gone that route too with uh tightening everything down tight. And I mean I can always loosen it up later. Right. And typically
0: um I like to keep the pressure on a fish. And nowadays, let's face it, um, with the new long rods. Uh, the good quality materials, the lines, the reels, you can manhandle muskies way more than mm-hmm. in the past. You, know, you think about the old days, everybody picks up those old knuckle buster, you know, uh, uh, Baitcasters, where mm-hmm. they didn't have the instant anti-reverse. I mean, oh, it just yeah. the real handle just I had spun some backwards. Of those, they,
3: yeah, the, remember the green ones?
0: Yeah, five thousand series. And you'd be fighting yeah. the fish, and you had to put your thumb on it and let the spool go backwards. That was your drag system. Yep. And I can see how, if you were winding with one of those teeny little reels, and a fish hit, how your right hand would get blown right off. Yeah. Blown right off the reel handle. You couldn't even keep your hand on it. Yeah. So you can see how there'd be bird nests, yeah. broken line. Fish wreck and tackle because with those big fish going crazy yeah. and a short little pool cue rod, it really had to be yeah. ha-
3: hard to handle them. It was uh, uh, Ambassador 5000D. That was that. That was the number of 5000D, and they were green in color. And yeah, there was no anti-reversing. It was. It was uh, the D stood for direct drive. And <laughs> and you're right. I had a couple of them, and I was using them for bass fishing. But they were the like your normal. Fifty-five hundred seat size. Right. I was using them for bass fishing. And even then, I had a few bass hits that took that right out of my hand. I got rid of those after a while. I said, you know, this is. Well, nuts. then they
0: came out with the uh, well Abu Garcia. You think of the red ones. Those old a, red, original. One of their yeah, they ori- had. Was the, that the original one that they came? Yeah, they I had. Guess the, br-
3: they had brass bushings. And they'd say the it was
0: instant anti reverse yeah. with mm-hmm. the line guide.
3: Oh yeah, with the line guide. yeah, yeah. the line guide. And then the C's were the ones with the uh, 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 ball bearings. That was yeah. the more expensive one. Yeah, the C's had the ball bearings. The I forget. They, the 5,000 didn't have a, a letter after it, I don't think. And those were the red that ones. That was my first yeah. real
0: muskie reel was a yeah. 5,000. Mm-hmm. It worked pretty good. Yeah, it, I mean, I... Remember I, when Daiwa
3: came out with their millionaire musky reels? I do. I never yeah. did have any experience with them. I, I had one for a while. Yeah, it kind of fell apart, but <laughs> I had one. It was all right until, until it wasn't. Let's put it that way. Until well, there, it was. not That's
0: pretty deep there. So you yeah. were more of a fan than the
3: for, of the Abu Garcias uh, then. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I. You know, and well, see, the thing is, is that nowadays, I mean, with all these big lures that guys are throwing to and the trolling, that puts a lot of stress on those reels, and they you 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 know really. Uh, our, our friend, Ron Heidenreich, our advertising manager, you know, he said it, he says, you know, if you fish for muskies a lot, especially big muskies with big baits, he says, you need the three, $400 reel. That's got the big gears, the good, you know, the really good reels to stand up to that. He says, I don't think, uh, a, like an Abu Garcia is going to stand up to a season or two of fishing with that kind of stuff or just one season. Cause they do have a lot of plastic gears in there.
0: The old, uh, uh... The old black big game, uh, Eric, my f- our friend Eric years ago was big into. Th- he he first started throwing the big giant. He came up with the bucktail called the G train. That's before yeah, yeah. Uh, that's before a uh, super cowgirl or cowgirl was ever thought of. And he he always loved throwing giant baits. He was a big fan back then of the uh, black Abu Garcia. Big game, but well, that was a seven
3: thousand series.
0: No, well, no, he used sixty five hundred series, and I've got one too. Really, and it says and, big game on him? In big game, What is it black? Black. Okay. And okay. I'll tell you what, um, I I mm-hmm. liked it so much, I bought another, which I ended up giving away to my brother, which I kind of regret. I kind of. Had... <laughs> Sorry, Tim. Well, no, he's got it uh, because that was one kick butt, um, kick butt reel. And uh, Dave, who works at Badger, yeah, he uh, he he was talking to me years ago at a sports show, and he said that that, that reel had some of the sturdiest components, the in, guts yeah. internal that yeah. he'd seen in reels, that it really? was built solid. The only thing I think I had him fix on it is there was a I think it's the the anti reverse bearing. Somehow it's it it could something happened where all of a yeah. sudden the instant Anna reverse could the real handle could slip and come back yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. I think I had them replace that on it. Yeah. But I was using a, a super cowgirl up on Vermilion with my good friend Steve Milliet, who found that fish for me, knew right where it was. And I uh, launched a long cast with that big uh, super cowgirl with the wind at my back. And I swear to God, that, that lure hit the water 50 yards away and uh, i made about two cranks of the reel and it was just like i I was talking about it felt like hitting a rock Mm -hmm. but i set the hook you know gave it everything i got and uh, that fish came out of the water shaking its head jaws open it was kind of i wish it had been on video or you had Mm -hmm. a pick just like a painting or you know the cover of a magazine and uh i caught that fish and that i'll tell you what that big abu garcia that that was handled it well and again on that fish i had the drag crank crank down all the way. Mm-hmm. Then when I got it close to the boat, mm-hmm. uh, I had to hit free spool and thumb it a couple of times. I did. I do try and back off on the drag mm-hmm. as it's getting close to the boat. You know, you're kind of right, trying to back right. it down a little bit. Uh, but if you are going to, uh, if you're not going to rely on the drag, the thing is, you got to be really quick on putting your, you know, putting pressure on the spool as you re- depress, right, you know, right. the, to release the spool. Because so that's why with clients, I'm not going to even tell them to do that. Yeah, just because when you're doing it yourself, it's a, it's an instinctual type thing, you don't yeah. think about it, you just automatically, yeah, you know. Right. But if you tell someone, okay, now when you feel them pulling hard, put your thumb <laughs> no. down, depress the lever, he, but make not, sure you keep they're not gonna you're not going to remember that. You're best off no. just keeping the drag, you know. That's that's the difficult thing with clients' reels is setting the drag hard enough where they're going to set the hook, but with a little bit of give. so if a fish hits at the rod tip, you know it can take off mm-hmm. a, a little bit of line mm-hmm. and you know it's really it's really tough and as far as trying to tell them, okay, if set the hook now this is how you loosen the drag if you have to. Again, it's way too much thinking for most of them to have to do in the heat of the moment. I agree. I have found myself as the guy's fighting a nice fish walking over to them. And backing the drag down myself, where I'll reach, you yeah, know, reach next over to him. and back it down. I'll reach over and just yeah. put my th- I'll, on the star. I'll just back it down a quarter turn. Yeah, you know, it's just all. Yeah. In fact, I did that uh, years ago. Doctor Mayman, forty-eight inch muskie on a sucker, and I and he got the hook set on that thing. By the time he got to the rod and set the hook, that thing was, you know, a ways away from the boat. Mm-hmm. And uh, he gave a mighty hook set, and I could tell that that was a big fish. So. It was fortunate I I, I loosened it up just enough because when it got to the boat, it was making power runs, and uh, it was just enough where we were able to play it out, and you got Mm -hmm. the fish. You did a good job of playing it. But, yeah, the drag's always something that uh, you have to adjust, and it's always, uh, if you get a fish, you think, great, I had it set good. If you miss a fish, you'll always be kicking yourself, second-guessing yourself, thinking, I didn't have the drag set tight or loose enough.
3: Right. Hey folks, we got to go to a break right now. When we come back, we got some interesting stuff to remind you about some new, uh, some new uh, size limits on some fish on some lakes, and we got uh, some things that uh, you know, wildlife officials are maybe shouldn't be doing. Well, we'll see what you think. We also uh, got a little chat with Al Linder, and uh, we'll be talking about that and more. Yeah, you know, when we come back, so stay tuned for more right here on 105.7 FM The Fan.
0: Welcome back to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Uh, I'm Dan Bush, and this is my friend Tom Neubauer. (laughs) Evidently, uh, we forgot to introduce ourselves at the beginning of the the show, but Sam, I told Tom, they know who we are, right? Nobody's just randomly just turning on the radio right now and thinking... Who are those guys? I
1: mean, you tune in for you know. Yeah, they're the tuning unlo- in because to, they specifically
0: yeah. want to hear Tom. Hey, unless big it's Tom. one
3: of those one one of those over the road truckers that happens to be going through Milwaukee. Text in <laughs> the big rig. Yeah, uh, just want to remind everybody on Lake Winnebago, we got a three fish limit this year. So for you ice anglers going out there, no more five fish. And and now this is where I don't know for sure. Somebody's going to have to call us at You Know everything, Tom. Is what do you the you fi- is the size limit fifteen inches now, or is it still no size limit? I didn't keep the whole article. Uh, <laughs> I just kept I, the headline. I think
0: I think it's uh, I think it's no size limit still. Yeah.
3: Well, maybe somebody will call but us. But I and could tell be wrong. Us.
0: Don't yeah. put me on that.
3: Yeah. So, but it is a three fish limit this year. So. Uh, just make sure you don't, you know, I mean, I'm sure there's people that didn't hear about it, you know, that, you know, nah, I, I don't know, know. I there think might be the, a few. The, Those Winnebago
0: walleye guys are pretty religious. Yeah, but there's maybe
3: somebody new going out there. And they've been and talking about know. it for a long time. Yeah, they have been talking and, about it. And you
0: know what else it means, Tom? What's that? It means that they had to put new signs at the boat launches yeah. showing what it is.
3: Yeah, telling everybody.
0: But whoever reads signs. You should. How many people I know, a lot of people look don't look at the sign with the little...
3: You know, it's a little yellow sign with the fish yeah. picture on yeah. it. Yeah, and the size limit Nobody and bag reads limit. And how about this? You know how, okay, well, we talked about wolves a lot on the show about how they do things with the wolves and all that. Um, and the problem, though, is that sometimes animals are reintroduced into areas that uh, you don't want them. People don't want them. Like at first when they reintroduced the wolves into Wisconsin, The majority of people, especially people in northern Wisconsin, didn't want them. But what about uh, Colorado reintroducing grizzly bears? What if they wanted, or Billings, Montana, saying, you know what, we don't have enough. Let's get some more in here. Or what if they wanted to do that in Wisconsin and Minnesota? You know what, we used to have grizzly bears years ago. Let's let's start a herd of those. (laughs) Sometimes... You know, there's a reason the animals are where they are, that they moved away from where the people are, <laughs> you it's know? C- well, <laughs> I, actually... I don't know. Would you want to bring them back? I don't know. Grizzly bears to where? They're th- well, anywhere. I mean, where they're... How about anywhere? Wisconsin? Well, that's just it. Would you want to bring grizzly I bears into Wisconsin? I
0: don't think that grizzly bears were... What is? How do you say native, that? Word? Indi- native, indigenous. Oh, is that in, it? Indignish. Oh, indig-ness. Indig-ness. Indigenous. Indigenous. You know how to spell indigenous. Yeah. Indigenous. Good pronunciation, Tom. I can spell Thank it, you. but I could never say it. Um, I don't think they are to to Wisconsin now. I know I know elk were. Yeah. Well, actually, elk actually were. So when the DNR, I think the way they look at it is this way, Tom. And I'm not a DNR biologist or of any from any state. Um. But I think when they look at bringing species into an area, they only bring species that were at one time native to that habitat. Mm-hmm. They're not into bringing anything different in. Mm-hmm. Although I could be wrong on that because think about it. We're, think about 300 years ago. We're rough grouse, native to, ago, you know? we're rough grouse yeah. native to Missouri because back initially in 1977, right around there, uh, I read a little uh, paragraph in Outdoor Life magazine. They had like a little news section, and they talked about how the Wisconsin DNR had swapped some ruffed grouse to the with the Missouri, you know, DNR whatever they call them down there, for some turkeys. Mm-hmm. And while well, the rest is history here, where mm-hmm. the turkeys have taken off, I don't hear of any great ruffed grouse hunting in Missouri. But <laughs> even then. I'm. Um, it's in. I'm wondering whether rough grouse were even native.
3: Well, you know, yeah. I'm looking to at. Ever. It, yeah, I'm looking at like you look three, four hundred years ago. Were there like let's say grizzly bears in Wisconsin and Michigan and that? I mean, that's not that all that far away. I from the. I mean, I mean they're they're in Canada, you know. So I mean, yeah, they're mostly west, the western part of the country, western Canada. I'm and all sure, that. you
0: could Google original, but I'm native- sure. They got maps. You, know. you can Google, and it yeah. would say original native range. I mean, heck,
3: there were dinosaurs all over the United States years ago. So the Latin name, <laughs> the Latin name of the
0: grizzly bear, I believe, is Ursus horribilis. Yeah, yeah. I think it means horrible bear or something like that. And, How do you
1: know that, but you don't know the, indigenous?
0: <laughs> well, I knew indig- indigenous, but...
1: I, well, see, I, I know Latin. Well, yeah, I'm indigenous just, isn't I'm Latin. i like, I know Latin. You just like, blew I'm greatly knowledgeable.
0: <laughs> so, it's like so fluent. No buddy. I'm a teacher. I know lots. So Ursus Horabilis, and actually, uh, I believe uh, it initially got its uh, classification during the Lewis and Clark expedition when they were exploring yes. west, yes. and they started encountering these horrible bears that uh, they would take, you know, five, six, seven, eight, 20 musket shots, you know, to, yeah. to stop. You know, they didn't have, you know, Winchester 338, you know, yeah. back then.
3: Uh, and did you know they called them white bears? Lewis and Clark and their group called them. I mean, they didn't call them brown bears. They called them white bears for some reason. Well, I'm guessing. Don't ask me why. I'm guessing, I read that somewhere.
0: Well, I'm guessing that they, hence the grizzly, because a lot of time when they say grizzly bear, they had kind of a, uh, Kind of a silverish kind of a color
3: to them. Like a kind light like, brown? Like a light brown. A no, like tan? a like like, like a
0: tan? like a dude like an like old guys like us, Tom, with the kind of the beard that's oh, half when black you get and yeah, half and it's kinda get gray in that. That's, yeah. Yes, I think oh. that's kind of where the grizzly bear okay, but okay. Uh, again there's all kinds of different color phases sure, there are. of of, yeah. of bear. Yeah. As well. Yeah. But I think hmm. that's when it first got its uh, Well what do they call that taxonomy where they yeah. classify plants and animals. Yeah. yeah see, well, stick we got. Around, Sam. You know, You're learning a
3: lot, buddy. After the taking gut. notes on this stuff, <laughs> At,
0: might, there's after, a
3: quiz shortly after.
0: Yeah. Pop quiz. Don't be surprised. Yeah.
3: After the gut report, we got some other stuff coming up. I got I got all my stuff laid out here. I got a number of different I'm things really to talk impressed about.
0: With your organization. Yeah. I
3: got a number of things. Been looking in magazines, you know, and uh, pulling out different things to talk about. But anyway, coming up next, folks, is the gut report. And uh, we just got a few commercials that we got to do. got to pay some bills, and we're going to be right back here on 1250 AM and 105.7 FM. Come here, I'm going to eat you. I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. Get in my belly. The Gut Report is brought to you by Discount Liquor. Well, I'm going to give you a Ted Nugent-like recipe. No amounts, just the ingredients. (laughs) Ted Nugent does that a lot. But teriyaki sauce is is really—I mean, most people like teriyaki sauce. You can use it for marinating stuff. You can use it as dipping sauces. You can use it just a whole bunch of—one of my favorite ways is I marinate wings, chicken wings in it, and then put that on the grill or in the oven, and uh, my whole family really likes it. But teriyaki sauce can be used a number of different ways. But here's the basic ingredients, and I'm sure you can figure out how much to use of each— you got soy sauce, brown sugar, vinegar, garlic powder, powdered ginger, and diced green onions. Piece of cake, right? Yeah, I'm sure you can figure it You've been listening to this long enough. You can figure that out. You're chefs yourself. The Gut Report is brought to you by Discount Liquor, where you'll find the best price, selection, and service at 51st in Oklahoma in Milwaukee and Main Street in Barstow in Waukesha. For weekly specials, go to discountliquorinc.com.
0: Okay, welcome back to Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. You know what I forgot this morning, Tom? What did you forget, Dan? What did I say I was going to bring last week? What's not on my noggin? I don't know. What's... Headphones. Oh! What do you mean you don't know? Just look at well, me. Hey, what? Well, I, well,
3: I, I thought there were some sitting yeah, right there. Yeah, there's some
0: there, but those were the ones that weren't working real good last week. I was going to bring my, I got them sitting. Right by yeah. the door, Tom. Yeah. Right where I'd remember him when I left. Yeah. leave. Yeah. Did I leave? Remember mm-hmm. him
3: this morning? No, 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 no of course not. not. That happens so much to people, you know. Where I you think the to... one
0: thing that you want to remember, <clears throat> yeah, you're like putting in a subconscious mental block that to forget it. Yeah. Like when you think, okay, I got to remember this. Guess what? You're halfway yeah. up on your trip, and you're the one thing that you were going to pack that you thought I got to remember mm-hmm. this. You
3: forgot. Well, here's one thing. Now, have you ever seen me without a hat? You're a rather
0: handsome dude without the hat, Tom. It's amazing. I would have thought you. No, were... did you ever see me without one? I think yeah, I took I my hat off once. You got a good set of hair. I thought you, you were a Chrome Dome. You I thought you're you yeah. you one of those bald guys yeah. who's been wearing a hat yeah. for fifty exactly. years because he lost his hair.
3: Yeah, that's what a lot of people think. You're right. Yeah. you know. I mean, and but I've always worn a hat indoors, outdoors, whatever. I always wore a hat, but until the last few months, at home, I don't wear a hat anymore. And when I go out of the house, I got to stop. Turn around and go back and get my hat because I'd forget it. So, but yesterday I was going to go out and do some grocery shopping early in the morning. I walked out, I got out to the car in the garage and I realized I didn't have my hat on and figured, oh, screw it. I'll just go without it. A couple of people, you know, that I know at the grocery store, they looked at me and they said, Where's your hat? <laughs> they were so used to seeing me without
0: it, you know, it was weird. Didn't they used to say if you wore a hat all the time, it would make you lose your hair?
3: Yeah. Yeah, it didn't happen with me. I mean, Was I've lost a, hair. Yeah, dude, do you remember hearing? Well, oh yeah. yeah, I've heard it. Yeah, oh yeah, I've heard that, that.
0: That had to be an old wives' tale. That had to Otherwise, be. Otherwise, we'd all be walking around like cue balls.
3: That's right.
0: I know. We all been wearing hats. Think about hunters but, and fishermen. Yeah, we wear Does hats. Does anybody wear hats more than hunters and fishermen?
3: Not, not, not that really, I can think huh? of. Not I that mean, I can think of. What other? I don't know. Walk of life? Would you do that in? I, I don't, don't know. know. You see NASCAR drivers, baseball players, hats maybe. On. Baseball Baseball players. players. Well, they got to wear it during the day when they're playing. Yeah, but I don't know if they wear it after the game. But no, I don't think you
0: see them walking around (laughs) after.
3: No, not a lot. No. 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 a matter of fact, the only time I wouldn't wear a hat is like when you have to go into a funeral. But I take off the hat, go to a funeral, then put the hat back on when I left. Or uh, you go to a wedding thing. My dad used to get mildly
0: bothered when I'd have dinner at the house. Oh, yeah, wearing a hat? Yeah, he'd get kind of mildly bothered, but then he got old, you know. Then he got older, and he kind of mellowed a little bit, yeah. But his thing was, you know, take off your hat,
3: stay a while. My wife says I'm getting more cranky as I get older. I said, no, I said, I've been cranky all the time. (laughs) She just finally, it finally took her this long to notice it. (laughs) Exactly. Hey, I want to let everybody know that if you're a person that likes state parks... The the state park stickers are on sale. And the only way you don't need it is if you're going to walk in a state park. If you just want to walk, that's cool. But if you're going to be doing anything else in a state park, you better buy those trail passes. Let me see where it says. Oh, just look it up. Just look up state parks. He'll tell you what you can do, what you can't do. But they're on sale now. Did you don't hear- try to get one at one of the stores. You did know.
0: You, did you hear the crazy story about some... Some teacher somewhere, I don't know where, up in, somewhere in Wisconsin, and he's gotten fined now because he admitted to, I think he did this for years, he'd he'd go and crap at this park. Yeah. Just outdoors? I think it was a state park. Yeah. He'd go and, he, uh, no, they charged him for clean. I think he was crap, I don't know what he was doing there. And, and it's a bizarre story, and he admits to doing it, yeah. and it was kind of, sometimes two, three times a day, out of... Out of spite.
3: He so, didn't like the state parks for some reason? I don't know if
0: he didn't like this one park. Or the it was, one park. You could go. I, it was on the news yesterday. It's, <laughs> you know, it's one of those stories you'd rather really not hear on your way to breakfast. Oh, yeah. But some crazy guy who. Uh, huh. Yeah. Now, I wonder state parks. I think there's a regulation, too. So he was a crazy guy in a state park. Um, I, I, I think there's a regulation on firearms in state parks. Oh, too. yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you, you, you watch some of these, uh, you know, murder mystery shows on TV. A myriad of channels carry these, you know, mm-hmm. carrying, you know, cold cases and this and that. And how many times do you hear of some, you know, buddy who's, you know, dragged off into the woods somewhere and, and, and something bad happens mm-hmm. to him or they're killed? And so I would think if I were in a park somewhere camping, you know, if you're in a tent kind of in the middle of nowhere, you're kind of at the mercy of whatever psychopath wants to walk up on your tent and yeah, you cut it open are. with yeah. a knife. Yeah. I, I would think that that would be one place I'd kind of be creeped out not
3: carrying. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, did you hear the story about, okay, you know, there's there's a lot of people out there who think, oh, no, nobody should carry guns, you know, but, I mean, they don't think it's right for people to have concealed carry licenses, but I feel better about we we that we have that, because you know uh, it just happened it was on the news at a, a church it was down south somewhere down in, in a church yeah and all of a sudden some crazy guy comes in and starts shooting well there was one guy who had concealed carry he had a gun pulled it out and dropped him well the story before actually, he
0: could shoot too many people the, the story actually yeah. was that uh, there was some dude and he actually pulled out a shotgun yeah and he shot i think two people now I'm thinking he must have been. It must have been a sawed-off shotgun for him to be able yeah, to conceal that. Right. But he had not only one Tom. That, from what I heard from the story, and I haven't followed it a lot, um, uh, uh like half a dozen concealed carry people immediately drew down on this oh. guy, and it was the one guy that dropped them. Yeah. But it this went, all went down in like six seconds. Yeah, it was quick. And they took him out. Were... But yet the and they recently passed the law in texas that said it was legal to concealed carry in a church yeah uh and at the time there were some of the democrats that had uh had criticized i think joe biden was one in fact who said this is a ridiculous law this and that well the fact that these guys could legally carry in a church saved the saved countless lives so it wasn't the fact that the concealed carry was caught listen (sighs) the guy with the shotgun does he give a rat's behind about what kind of laws are out no. there? If he's going to no. go out there, and it's a shotgun now, so they yeah. can't go yell, assault rifle, black rifle. Uh, it's a shotgun, right? That's commonly yeah. there around. And if this guy wants to do something bad, he's going to go do something yep. bad. And Criminals let, don't care about and, laws. And the, so, <laughs> you know, the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun.
3: Exactly. And that's why, you know, when they have these... Uh, places that are off-limits for concealed carry, that's the best places for the crooks to go with the guns because they know nobody's going to shoot at them you know, if they pull out their gun. I mean, it's like you're inviting them to go there. Look at how many uh, of those things happen at college campuses and at schools. You know, Well, because... nowadays,
0: I'm sure college campuses, they don't let you. You know, when I went to school in Missouri years ago, they, the guns, I I had my 22 right up there in my dorm and I'd take it out squirrel yeah. hunting in the Ozarks and, uh, or, you know, locked in the trunk of my car, which isn't a good thing to do. A buddy of mine actually, he, he left his 22 locked in the trunk of his car and forgot it there for like months. And when he pulled it out of the case, what? it was just covered, locked with rust. Oh, he no. was literally in the dorm room crying. Oh, crying nice. as he's trying to. You know, re yeah, he left. Sand it in the rust there. off. <laughs> yeah, apparently, you know, if there gets to be a little oh, bit of moisture man. or something sometimes yeah. in a gun case or yeah. you know, I suppose in the trunk like that. Um, yeah, he, he wrecked it. But back then it wasn't, you know, it, well, I'd walk in with my cased yeah. you know, rifle on slung under my and my you know sh- under my armpit and my camo on and nobody thought of anything of it other than Head. Yeah, Cra- crazy white boy from northern Wisconsin <laughs> is down
3: here. Well, before we go to the schwaggle, here's a quick tip. in In my gun cases, I have, uh, I it's silicone something. It's the things that take moisture out of the air. You find them in a lot of packages.
0: Uh, oh, like the little thing. Uh, it seems like a little hand packs. warmer packet. Yeah, yeah but the they're real kind of, small. Yeah, yeah I have like, those.
3: Yeah, just go to a store, get them find them they're, they're usually laying all over the place or they're in like at sherpers they're laying around or they're in the duffel I've, bag I've packs. seen
0: them in packaging And packaging you can even things buy and them. I've
3: never even had any idea what they were they take they suck moisture out of the air they take the moisture out really I put those in my gun cases that's in a fantastic case, in tip case Tom. there's in case there's any moisture in there takes it right out like if a lot of people keep their guns in the basement like I do and, and right. there's usually moisture in the basement or whatever or humidity Takes it right out, yeah. That's a so, great tip. Yeah, you can just go, and you can buy them, too. They can come in, like, these little yellow things, little yellow squares. You can buy them. And then, okay, they're going to absorb moisture. So after about six months or so, what you do is you take them, you throw them in the microwave for 10 seconds, and it, it blows all the moisture away, and you just, they're good to go again.
0: Well, so, being you, is you're pretty tight with the buck. <laughs> I can see why, you, why you're why you trying to recycle <laughs> I mean, you've used the they, same shoelaces yeah, for 20 they, years. They call
3: them silicone something or other. I can't remember the name. But anyway, right now we got to go to the Hornschwagel. It is sponsored by Carl's Country Market, where you can win a $10 gift certificate for just answering a few questions that Bushy's going to give you. And if you get them right, hey, you get that $10 gift certificate Gift certificate to Carl's Country Market. They're located at Silver Spring and Pilgrim Road out there in Menominee Falls. So call now at 799 1250 that's 414-799-1250. If you've won in the last uh six weeks, don't bother calling because we got a list and we're checking it twice, just like Santa Claus. So let somebody else win. We'll be right back with more. He's Dan Bush. I'm Tom Newbauer. And uh we're not gonna call him Wes. <laughs> we're gonna call him Sam is on the boards. So we'll be right back.
0: All right. Welcome back to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Trying to get my headset headset, straight over here, but thank you, Sam. I got these. Now I can hear. And now we have our Hornschwaggle segment. So right now we're going to have a lucky contestant, and I'm going to make three statements. Uh, It's either going to be true or false. If it's false, then basically it's a Hornschwaggle. Uh, If it's true... It's no horn swoggle. So who do we have to play? Dave and Merton. Hello, <coughs> Hello Dave and Merton. How are you Morning,
3: doing? Morning, Dave.
4: Morning, Tom. Glad to hear you. Oh,
3: right my way. old friend Dave. Oh, yeah, I know old who Dave. Dave. I know who Dave is. Everybody's yeah. got an old friend, Dave. Oh, I'm glad to glad to see you're calling. You've you've played this before. Oh yeah. Okay. okay. So here we go. All right. The topic today
0: is famous hunters and their firearms. So, first one, Larry Benoit of the legendary Benoit family. He was once on the cover, I believe, Sports Afield in the 70s that said, is this the greatest deer hunter in the world? He was a great tracker, shot a lot of big 200-pound-plus bucks in the mountains after following them for days. His preferred firearm was a 243 Winchester. Hornschwaggle or no Hornschwaggle? No horn No, that was a horn uh, yeah, Very f- well, very well known. He used a thirty oh six pump. The Remington seven sixty yeah. Game Master is famous don't, out east. Don't feel bad, used Dave. I, many, had no many oh, yeah. the, I had no clue. Oh yeah, he made uh one thirty oh six with one eighty grain core locked. Okay, so here's how many the next. people
3: would actually know that? You
0: know anything about hunters, <laughs> the famous hunters in the U.S.? Tom? I don't know. Next one, Jack right. O'Connor, one of the greatest writers, outdoor writers yeah. of all time. Jack O'Connor, right. outdoor life guy, hunter. He was a huge proponent, huge proponent of the 270 caliber. Hornswoggle or no Hornswoggle? I'm gonna say no Hornswoggle. No Hornswoggle. Uh, that's one. Uh. Something uh, tells me you're just guessing on these, Dave. But that's okay. Guessing goods better than not guessing at all. So the final one. Uh, We've talked about this guy on the show before. A J.Y. Jones, he wrote a book, One Man, One Land, One Rifle, harvested virtually every species of North American game with his .30-06 rifle, Hornschwaggle or no Hornschwaggle. No Hornschwagel. No Horn Hornschwagel. All, all right. right. Two out of three. Ain't bad. That's
3: good, Jason. So glad you got to
0: that. Win. So did you give the correct ad? You know, Wes back here, oops, sorry, Sam back here, was going, where's Murdoch or Mur- <laughs> Mur- 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 Merton? G- <laughs> yeah. I said it's Mergen. Merton with a G. Merton. I said, it's got to be Merton, dude. Yeah. So yeah. It, all right.
2: It is Merton.
1: All right. all right. Well,
0: he's got your address. I'll get that mailed no, out to you. Not to you. not yet. Stay oh, on the line, on. Stay Dave. Stay on the line. He will have your address. We know the city, however.
3: So, all, all right. right, Dave. All right. Ta- uh, thanks, guys. Take all right, care. you're Thank welcome, you, Dave. Stay on the line. Yeah, I uh, I had no clue about all three of those. None, None whatsoever. Really? None whatsoever. And I, yeah, I've read Outdoor Life and Field and Stream and um, stuff like that, but Larry Mondello. No, no. Mar- Larry, Larry Mondello. Gee, <laughs> G- Beaver. <laughs> He's chewing on an apple with his hat.
0: That was another guy who wore a hat all the time. Uh, did you ever Mandela. see Larry Mondello without a hat? I don't
3: think so. No. Ah, may- maybe. I mean, I don't know. I'll bet you did. I don't remember. That's a lumpy long time never ago. wore a hat. That but, was Larry a long Munde, time but he ago. was
0: Wally, Wally's buddy. So, anyway, um, uh, Larry Benoit, he wrote a book uh, it, it titled uh, How to Shoot the Biggest Buck of Your Life. Yeah. And uh, the, now his sons have kind of cashed in. In fact, I think the uh, uh, Remington, in fact, um, uh, makes that pump-action uh, model. Se- well, it used to be Model 760. Then they called it Model 7600. Uh, I don't know what it what they call it now, but I believe they actually make a special Benoit edition of it. Oh, yeah? Uh, or the Benoit sons. I think uh, Larry had a son... Uh, Lanny and something else. Um, In fact, Patrick Durkin. You ever read uh, Wisconsin Outdoor News? Yeah. Patrick Durkin, the guy who writes. Yeah, I was reading a piece by him where he was out out east hunting on some logging road and and a truck came by and it was the Benoits, the legendary Benoits in the truck. And I think he kind of conversed with them. I think he'd met Larry or at at some previous sports show or something. They were legendary trackers. They didn't hunt they didn't hunt, you know, out of stands. They'd mm-hmm. get on a track. He could read a track, how to see if it was a, a big enough buck, 200-pound-plus yeah, dress, yeah. and follow it sometimes for days. And I'll tell you what, some of these deer gurus that I see speaking at Whitetails Unlimited, all this, They got all mm-hmm. these couples and stuff, and they're the deer mm-hmm. guru. Everybody's, they're like, ooh, they're the big hunters. They couldn't carry Larry Benoit's jock. That guy yeah. was a hunter. Yeah. He'd shoot him either on the run or in their bed and track him for days. Mm. Wasn't wasn't any food plots and sitting on some heated that, stand yeah. with that guy.
3: No. Hey, did you hear about in Pennsylvania the deer hunter who fatally shot himself with a crossbow? That's hard to do. That's that that's hard to do. Well, and you know the guys on his property, he's out hunting and uh he lost his footing, fell, and the crossbow discharged, hitting him in his abdomen, and uh, he died. But I mean, that's a freak accident, you know. That's that's a freak accident. Well, the
0: crossbows—they are—they are. They are- Pretty, I mean, they seem pretty wicked sometimes. You know, mm-hmm. you're like, ooh, this, you know, you got to keep your hands down below because mm-hmm. you don't want to have your hands anywhere up where it takes a finger. Yeah, off right, when you right. Shoot. Yeah, but they're designed pretty safe. Where, yeah. it, on the fore end, where you keep your, you know, if you're right handed, if you got your left left hand underneath, yeah, it's it, it, you'd really have to screw up to get your hand up that yeah, high, yeah, right? And when you cock them, Tom, they mm-hmm. automatically, at least mine, it automatically goes to a default safe. Right. Mechanism. Yeah. Uh, In fact, the only way you can, um, when you're done hunting, you have to carry a dummy arrow with you, a uh, non-hunting point, and and possibly a crossbow. I carry a crossbow-type target in the back of my truck, although if there's a sandbank or something you could shoot into earlier in the year, uh, but you have to shoot it.
3: you got to discharge it. To discharge it. Yeah, you got to pull the trigger, yeah. Otherwise, it's cocked all the time.
0: Although, my dad used to come yeah. home with his old crossbow where he'd just take the arrow out and he'd just leave it cocked in the case. Really? Yeah, because they're kind of right. like locked into position, although oh, that yeah. all seemed a little, made me a little yeah.
3: nervous. But how, could well, does it have details? No, just that he was, just lost his footing, fell, the crossbow got twisted around, I guess, shot him in the stomach. Hey, here's another weird That'd one. would be a
0: horrible way to go. I know. I'd here's rather a... fall out of the tree and just break my neck <laughs> as opposed to hey,
3: This is this is down in your where you went to college Any somewhere near. Any more good near, news there, Tom? In uh, Missouri. Yeah. Well, there's a school. The school sponsors a uh, raccoon hunt every year. Let me guess. It's a um, fundraiser. Uh, Drury College. No, uh, no, it's not a college. It's just this uh it doesn't say this school. It was a school? Oh. It's just a school, right? And uh all these people, they get together. They go coon hunting, you know. They get some raccoons and then they cook them up. It's a big fundraiser. Have you ever had a raccoon? It tastes no, like they, pork.
0: They they actually will have it, uh, I believe, out in Delafield at the firehouse. Yeah, I yep. think our friend Al Shook has yep, gone there before. Yep, yep. They'll yep. have a wild game feed well, out there. I think I went out there one time, but I did not partake in the raccoon. Well,
3: people across the country, you know who they were. We're all upset, all up in arms. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That they're going out and shooting these poor little raccoons and then uh, eating them, you know. <laughs> so they had all these protests and people writing terrible letters and, yeah, we know we all know who those were, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, no, gee whiz, we don't, I think we got too many raccoons and uh, we well, get rid of a few. And and actually, they, they do. They they taste good. But barbecue sauce, <laughs> it just tastes fine. You know?
0: They uh, well, Anyway. I was up at uh, Kettle Moraine years ago. No, not Kettle Moraine. Horicon. Mm-hmm. And uh, in fact, I think it was uh, our friend Dank, you know, Wizzy's buddy sure. Dank. Yeah. He used to teach a, a class, him and his wife both, they taught a class at McPherson College. And teachers would always take these, you know, three credit classes to read up your license. You needed six every five years. Now... They just gave, gave us a lifetime license. You don't have to do that. But we went up during a class. He had some outdoor education thing he was running. And uh, we went up there and sat in. And there was some famous biologists there. In fact, this guy was like a bird expert, Tom. Yeah. Okay, I got three minutes.
3: That's fine. No, here, Tom, here. Three, three, zero. three 30, 30 seconds. seconds. Okay, we got time
0: there. <laughs> now I got 20 seconds. <laughs> They just relax over there. So anyway, he was a bird expert biologist, yeah. and one of the things he talked about was uh, when we took a tour of the property, he was showing where uh, raccoons had dug up snapping turtle legs, and he said years ago when people used to turn around for raccoons dead on the road because you'd get so, money, so much money for them in yeah. the raccoon coats and stuff, yeah. there was no raccoon problems. Now nobody goes after them enough. There's too many right. raccoons.
3: Yeah, there are too but, many, I think. There are. Yeah.
0: Without a doubt. So go out there and kill a raccoon. There you go. Make sure you have a license, yeah. follow regulations.
3: Yeah, of course. Okay. All right, we got to go to a break. When we come back, uh, about 7.05, Jim Sarek from uh, the All Canada Show will be giving us a buzz, and we'll be talking to him. If you, and I don't think we're going to take any questions from the audience, because you and I will have enough of our own, right? Uh, Probably. I don't know. <laughs> That's a good question, yeah. Tom. All right, we'll be right back, folks. Stay tuned with more with Dan Bush, Tom Newbauer. And of course, Sam Schmidt's on the boards. We'll be right back.
1: From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi, and every river, lake, and field in between. Let's talk everything outdoors. All <laughs> ha, ha, ha,
3: you're on the crazy train! All
1: <laughs> Welcome to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Hey,
3: good morning, everybody. Thanks for sticking around for the second hour of the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. He's Dan Bush. I'm Tom Newbauer. We got Sam Schmitz on the board. He just loves coming in on a... Saturday morning early after being at the station till 1230.
0: A little at happier night. <laughs> than nor- you look a little happier today than you normally yeah. do. Uh.
3: But anyway, yeah. if you want to get involved in the show, 799-1250 is the phone number. That's 414-799-1250. Or you can always email us live at CEOGuys at Yahoo.com. Oh, as a matter of fact, oh, and we have do we have a caller. Don't forget, Jim Sarek is going to be giving us a buzz here. Um, uh, and, uh, he should, as a matter of fact, this could be him right now calling. It's a matter of fact. It could be, I think. And we do have a couple of, uh, an email or two, I think. So. Okay. Wow. Is that Jim on the line from the All Canada show? Yep. All right. On the line now, folks, we've got Jim Sarek. He used to be the owner of Muskie Hunter Magazine. He doesn't own that anymore, but he does still do his own TV show, Muskie Hunter TV, which is uh, airs on uh, Saturday on Fox Sports North. Good morning, Jim. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. I'm Tom Neubauer. He's Dan Bush. Morning, Jim. And uh, so you're you? you you're going to be at the All Canada Show.
2: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I've got a, a fun musky seminar. I'm looking to talking to everybody about, and it's always good to kind of go out to that event. And uh, you know, there's so many great exhibitors and resorts out there, and. You know that from from various Canadian locations. And it's always great to see what you know what happened last year. You know, see all the photos, talk to them, and you know, it's just kind of a good time to kick off the new year and start the the sports show season.
3: Well, people should go to your seminar because uh, would I be incorrect in saying you've caught thousands of muskies?
2: I have caught an <laughs> awful lot of them. An
3: week. awful lot of them. Yeah.
0: So yeah. what what time is your seminar, and are you doing it multiple days, or just just one day, or what?
2: Uh, I'm there today. I've got a seminar at noon and I've got one at four and it's really kind of covers some simple steps to catch muskies in Canada. I'm trying to make it simpler for people and and let them understand this isn't the fish of 10,000 casts that they're not impossible to catch and you know the great thing about Canada there's a lot more fish that are in shallow cover and are easier to catch.
0: Well that kind of leads me into a couple of questions because it seems like nowadays I was talking with Tom earlier on the show that most musky destinations, TV shows filmed and, and trips, everything seems to be either centered around Canada or Minnesota. You don't really whole, hear a whole lot about northern Wisconsin, and I'm guessing why Canada is it that it's just hasn't been as pressured over the years? Is there better management up there? What are your thoughts?
2: Well, I mean, I think I think that you know certainly to you know just you know to make one point. I mean, I do film shows in northern Wisconsin and on you know, and Dunman, Madison, the Madison chain, I'm in Green Bay, all, all kinds of places locally in Wisconsin. So, um, but, and, and they're great destinations, but I think the key thing that, that um, about Canada is that you have a lot of fish that are, you know, a lot of larger fish that are clo- that are relate to shallow cover and the spots are generally smaller. So even though these lakes are really big, you've got a lot more larger fish relating to shallow cover. So, um, there's just more opportunities hey, I, I think that's really what it comes down to
3: Jim this is Tom i got a question for you would would the seminar that you're doing would that also relate to maybe wisconsin lakes that guys are going to
2: yeah i mean you know I'm, yeah when it comes to you know i'm going to touch on things like oh the you know lure choice and the figure eight and timing on how you approach when you see a big fish and pattern fishing yeah i mean some of those same principles apply i mean i grew up yeah, I live in Illinois, but I grew up with the place, and my family had a home in, in northern Wisconsin. So I grew up fishing in northern Wisconsin. That was kind of my home waters, all the Bylas County stuff up there.
1: Mm-hmm. And so
2: a lot of those same principles that I learned apply when I go to Canada. There are just some things you can do in Canada where, you know, for example, you can you can continue to fish faster and keep casting shallow cover, and sooner or later a large fish is going to show up when that wears well. That might not happen in some wisconsin waters you might fish open water or do some different things so yeah. there are some differences and, and plus the canadian waters let's face it they're you know a small bay in some of these canadian waters is larger than any northern wisconsin lake
3: yeah we're talking to jim serik from the musky hunter tv show who's going to be at the all canada show danny
0: yeah jim uh i was going to ask you this um you know, Canada, I went up to Lake of the Woods years ago, and I, I, I was clueless. I got a map. It was pre—well, I got I guess I had a cheap handheld GPS, one that, you know, old black and white. You couldn't really even read it. Um, and I found, like you said, a lot of muskies and shallow water. And the thing I noticed is that you could find the same fish in the same shallow point or whatever day after day. It just seemed like you can really kind of get zeroed in on them. And we had reasonable success— in uh, Lake of the Woods, of course, is one destination. But uh, are there any are there any great undiscovered countries up there? Are there some secret lakes up there in the middle of nowhere that are still untapped for muskies?
2: I would say yes. There, there definitely are. You know, some of those. And uh, you know, I mean, obviously in the Northwest Ontario region, you know, there are you know there are lake there are smaller lakes because there's so many of them that have muskies in that area. And you know, I. And there's, you know, smaller gravel roads. And anyone who's really willing to explore those waters, you know, near or adjacent to, you know, a place like Lake of the Woods or near or adjacent to Eagle Lake or in the, you know, you can there there are smaller gems. I mean I certainly don't know all, all of them. I think that if you move towards eastern Ontario and you go north of Toronto and a lot of people don't think about that, but if you go north of Toronto, there are lots of lakes and there's smaller lakes that that I fished and I filmed some of them on my television show that are outstanding, and they just don't have the number of musky fishermen that you see in that area that, compared to um, the stuff in northwest Ontario or Wisconsin or Minnesota, for that
3: matter. I bet you some of those uh, lakes that have never been touched, the only way to get to them is by a float plane. <laughs> you it could know? be
2: in some of those. Yeah, it <laughs> could be, but, I, I, but yeah. I do have a couple friends, you know, the guys I meet at some of the sports shows, and, and they, you know, secretly pull me over and they show me photos, you know, of big fish, and, you know, and they... They have a smaller boat, and they, you know, and they, you know, it's an adventure. It really is. Well, That's I would think two.
0: some of those guys willing to with a smaller boat, maybe a fourteen foot aluminum boat, that you can take down some goat trail and get into a lake that the guys with the big rangers aren't going to be getting in. You might be able to get into some untapped water there. So,
2: oh, I can for sure. Oh, there's no question. Hey,
3: me, what, what? Oh, I was going to ask real quick. What? What about? I haven't heard much about the St. Lawrence River lately. Ever since Jim O'Brien caught that big fish you know, what, what's going on up there?
2: Yeah, no, the St. Lawrence is still, still good. Yeah, it is. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it is, it is still good. I mean, they, um, you know, it, it, like any, any other water, it kind of goes through ebbs and tides, but, but there are still, you know, every year there's a lot of big muskies to get caught from the St. Lawrence. Uh Um, It has the genetics to produce some of the biggest fish. In fact, some of the Canadian biologists say the, the growth rate right now in, of muskies in the St. Lawrence is the fastest anywhere anywhere in North America. And so, you know, I would say that the St. Lawrence is not your place where you're going to go catch all kinds of numbers. Um, but, you know, it, you can definitely catch trophy fish, and they it tend to grow fish that are larger. I mean, legitimately, um, you know, fish that are 55, 56, 57 inches long get caught out of the St. Lawrence every year.
0: Well, we're on the subject of big fish with muskies, which always gets me most excited talking monster muskies. Now, uh, you've fished a lot of places. You've caught a lot of monster fish. Um, Let me ask you this. Uh, I'm sure you've probably seen some monster fish have you have you ever seen anything up in Canada that you think might approach record status? Uh, do you think it's possible somebody could could get? Everybody talks about the Bay of Green Bay, of course, and other spots, Saint Lawrence, Ottawa River, I guess. But how about up in Canada? Is it possible?
2: Yeah, no, it, it certainly is. Now, I personally, I mean, the the largest fish I've caught is fifty-seven. No, actually, a fifty-eight inch is the biggest lengthwise. I mean, I caught one that was like fifty-six inches that weighed fifty three pounds at the heaviest. And so I've been pretty fortunate to knock on wood that, you know, I've caught a few other big ones like that in that range that I've the fish I've seen I've caught. I have not seen one in the water that I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so much bigger than a fifty seven or a fifty eight inch that I've caught. Um but I'm sure they exist. I mean don't get me wrong. I've just been fortunate on those, you know, on that end. But um I I think that the like the true let's say world record caliber muskie, they exist in Canada and uh but there's not many of them right and i and I think realistically that fish probably exists in the Great Lake system, so it would be in you know Lake Huron in Georgian Bay, for an example, there's all kinds of rivers that are up and that that are up and down Georgian Bay, you know and then flow into Georgian Bay, and these muskies <clears throat> spend spend the summer out in the bay and then in the fall and then you know come in and they stage near some of these rivers and and spawn in the spring and move out so I think there's gigantic fish, potentially world record fish, that live in those areas. Hey, same we. Potentially with the same
3: yeah. Hey, Jim, you know, whenever I'm in a bar in northern Wisconsin, uh, everybody I talk to has seen a world record muskie up there. In their <laughs> lake. In their lake. Sit yeah. at the bar. Hey, there you got it. It's the DNR shocked the world rescue <laughs> yeah. record out of here, you know? Yeah, that happens all the time.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. I know. I, I, I hear those stories. I laugh. I'm in a lot, I get a lot of bass fishermen come up to me and they're like, They'll tell me, like, like, Jim, what's your biggest muskie? And I'll tell them, I'm like, they're like, you know, I saw one bigger than that. You know, I, I he swam under the boat, you know, one of those same things, bass fishing. And I'm like, yeah.
3: okay. He, know, was he was uh, as long as the boat is long. Now, yeah. Okay. Now, Jim, <laughs> like, Jim, if you're a nice
0: guy, which yeah. I'm thinking you are, you probably just smile and nod your head. Tom over here, he's a jerk. He always has to disagree with people and go, no, you didn't. You didn't see that. You know, he's
2: got to be the know-it-all. You know, oh. I just
0: kind of let the people talk. <laughs>
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you kind of have to. I, I think I've. I've made the mistake. I think I've made the mistake a couple times. You know, being in in the wrong mood, saying, you know, well, you realize that fish probably would have been bigger than any that was ever caught in history. And then they, they continue with their story, and then you're just okay. I need to leave. Yeah, right, know,
3: right, you're, right. You're, I'm you're, with you, Jim. You're right, Jim. You got to be in the. Uh, you you got to be like in a bad mood or something. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I've sure. been there a few times. So but, you're promoting Canada. Yeah. Um,
0: what what primary lakes would you suggest? Any suggestions for going up there for a first time muskie fisherman?
2: Yeah, I would say that there's a couple things that you know that that certainly Lake of the Woods is. There's a lot of different resorts on Lake of the Woods, and that's a great location in Northwest Angle. Uh, I mean, in the Northwest Ontario rather, because you know all throughout the lake, I fished all of that section, all, the, all of Lake of the Woods, and there's great musky fishing and lots of resorts there. And uh, and so you can, as you said, you can go, you can find them, see them, and catch them um, in that same area. You know, there's some great stuff up. Um if you get up near Vermilion Bay, um, you know, Cedar Lake and uh, the Indian chain of lakes, they're much smaller bodies of water. They're more I want to call them more Wisconsin size, Wisconsin, Minnesota size bodies of water um that are more manageable. So if you don't have a big boat, going to the Indian chain, it's comprised of a bunch of smaller lakes that has lots of muskies. Cedar Lake is the same thing, it's smaller. Um to do that getting started if you want to travel towards eastern ontario and go north of toronto a couple hours there's a whole group of lakes they call the kawartha lakes and they are loaded with muskies they're much like wisconsin lakes they fish just like them you'd if you, anybody who fished northern wisconsin could go to the kawarthas and feel totally at home but the lakes are larger you know so you've got way more spots but um you just feel totally at home fishing well all right well
3: jim thanks for calling today and you do appreciate you'll
0: it. You'll be at the All Canada show speaking, I guess you said twelve and four. And I'm sure there's lots of great outfitters as well. If somebody wants to book their first trip to Canada, there's probably plenty of opportunity there.
2: Right. Oh yeah, there are there are lots of different places there. And I think whether you fish for muskies or bass or walleye or wanna you know, I think you know, do anything else, it's it's all there. It's all Canada.
3: All right. Well, They'll, people are going to come and see you. You're yep. going to be busy today, so have fun. Thanks for calling, Jim. <laughs> yeah, thanks for hey, calling, thank and good thank luck. You thank right. you. Yeah. Bye now. All right, got to go to a quick break. Coming up, folks, is the NFL football picking contest. We're going to do the NFL, um, The what do you call it? Uh, NFC. NFC, thank you. The <laughs> NFC <laughs> All games. All those concussions. New Orleans, Minnesota, Philadelphia, Seattle. We're going to do those games today. If you beat us or tie us. You're going to win that $10 gift certificate to Curly's Waterfront Pub on Pewaukee Lake. So give us a call at 799-1250. That's 414-799-1250 and be a contestant right now. Okay. Welcome back to Skipper Bud's Cutting Edge Outdoors. Time for the NFL football picking contest. And who do we have, Roger? Roger and Cuttahey. Hey, Roger. Good morning. Morning. All right. Uh, you know, did you know that uh, Cut the Cuttahey was founded by people from Canada? I did not. I thought it was founded by Patrick Cuttahey. No, actually, it was founded by this Canadian guy whose name was Cutta. And, see, he was a Canadian, so he'd say, I live in Cutta oh. eh? Oh, man. <laughs> okay, that's pretty bad. Yeah, real bad. <laughs> bad, All right. bad. Bad, 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 <laughs> bad. All right. We've got our first game. Now, you know how this is played. So, we're going to – first game is New Orleans against Minnesota. New Orleans is favored by 7.5. So, Minnesota is getting 7.5 points. Who do you like?
4: Oh, boy. Uh, let me – I think I would go with uh... – I'm going to go with
3: Minnesota. All right. And, but Danny, who you got? Um, New Orleans. And Sam? New Orleans. Okay, I'm going to go New Orleans also. Okay, second game, Philadelphia, Seattle. Seattle is favored by one and a half, so Philly is getting one and a half points. Who you got, Roger?
1: And it's played in Seattle, correct?
3: I think so. No, it's you know? going to be in Philly. Oh, it's, oh, it's going to be in Philly. Yeah, because they're
1: the NFC's champs.
3: Okay, you oh, okay. Might, that might change your mind, huh? Uh, yeah,
1: uh,
4: I'm going to go with Philadelphia.
3: All right, and uh, Danny? you, you
0: got to go with Seattle. Philadelphia's done a good job. Wentz has done a great yeah. job at quarterback, but he really doesn't have the weapons, and I think uh, Seattle has the, the playoff pedigree to uh, pull it off yeah. on visitor right. turf.
3: Sam?
1: I'm going to go Philly. I, I, just to your point, too, I think you know both teams are pretty much equally banged up, so. I'll go with uh Carson Wentz and the Eagles.
3: Yeah, I'm gonna go Philly also. I, I I don't know why. I just am. Well, we don't like Pete Carroll for one. I mean <laughs> I mean if
0: that's a guy Doug
1: Peterson, you know, former
0: yeah, understudy of like Doug Brett Peterson. Favre. Yeah, yeah, you gotta like yeah. Doug Peterson. Yeah. Former was, Super Bowl winning well, coach. He was now. good. But, in fact, Brett Favre talked to their team before they won that yeah. Super Bowl, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Didn't well, Brett Favre go talk to him?
3: Yeah. Well, well Roger, good luck. Okay, guys. Hopefully, hopefully you'll be getting that ten dollars gift certificate to Curly's Waterfront Pub. Wow, that could that could change my life. <laughs> all it right, thanks, mind. Roger. Yep. Okay, bye now. Oh, thanks. stay on, stay on the line so we can get your info. Okay. Okay, we'll do. Okay, Roger. Thanks. That all okay. right? Uh, real Danny, uh, you know, Walleyes Unlimited has got their big. Uh, Ice fishing jamboree. Tell us about up. it, Tom. Well, I thought you were going to tell okay, us. Okay, here we go. It's... There are three
0: components to the ice jamboree. Now, this is going to be um uh, 22nd annual ice jamboree. When? January 18th. That would be this year at AJ's. That's AJ's. Easy place to remember. AJ's Bar and Grill, which is uh, on Boxhorn Drive in Mosquito. So just hit your Google, you can find it. And uh, if you need more info, of course, you can call AJ's at 414-427-1707 or just go to their website, www.ajsbarngrill.com. Now, there's three components to it. First is the uh, fishing derby. Uh, fishing hours are five to 12. So you got to get up there a little, a lot of derbies guys go to like three o'clock, four o'clock. This one here, you got to get out there early. So get out there at five, have your tip ups drilled by five, tune in on the radio and listen to us at six. Um, this year you may fish on big Mosquito Lake or any other local area lakes.
3: Like little Mosquito, Tishigan, wind, Fox river, those kind. Yeah. I'm assuming uh, it doesn't specify, but
0: yeah. area ones. Um, yeah. Not Lake Winnebago, I'm guessing. No. get your fish derby t- entry tickets at AJ's bar or from a club member. Now, they're only five bucks each, but here's the thing uh, even if you don't uh win, I believe I'm going to keep reading here, I'm sure that puts you in a raffle. Um, anyway, uh, they're five bucks each. There's six fish species in the contest walleye, bass, pike, perch, sunfish, and crappie. Uh, Bring your fish to AJ's by 12.30 p.m. to be measured, length in inches, and entered. So it looks like this one isn't weight, Tom. Looks like it's inches, and they'll have prizes for the top three in each of the six species, which is kind of nice because a lot of derbies, Tom, they only offer you a prize for the biggest fish in each species. Uh, This one uh, has uh, three Three, uh, one through three in each species. First, 50, second, 30, uh, third, 15. Uh, the prizes will be awarded about 2 p.m. now. Then they've got the super meat raffles. Uh, So Walleyes Unlimited is known for having outstanding meat raffles, quality meats. They got bacon, they got pork, tenderloins, ham, steak, summer sausage. They don't have it all. The meat raffles begin at about 11.30 a.m. and those go all the way till 5 p.m. So you can just go into AJ's and buy some raffle tickets and uh, I'm guessing watch a game on TV or whatever. Uh, separate raffle tickets are required for each meet raffle, but they normally go around and sell the tickets right. and announce it. So, so you've got multiple chances at different raffles. And then third are the merchandise raffles. Now, these are conducted all day long. Uh, the general raffle is the big draw. Thousands of dollars of prizes are available to be won. First prize is $500, uh, second $250 cash. They've got other prizes that include Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bears, Cubs, Blackhawks, Team Jerseys. Jiffy Power Auger, uh, Kerrig Cal- Coffee Maker, Fishing Rods, Gift Cards, etc. Now the tickets are available from club members and at AJ's, like I said. And again, they're just five bucks each, or three for ten, which gives you more odds, Tom. Or you want to know what the best deal is. Ten for $25. Um, so that's two fifty dollars a ticket. So 10 tickets. The drawings for these prizes begin at about five. And the good thing is, is you can buy tickets from members or at AJ's. Fill out your information. You don't have to be present, okay? So All if right. you do win, they'll be able to contact you, set your prize aside, and let you know when to pick it up. It's yeah. their biggest fundraiser of the year. And the nice thing is they use the profits for good, uh, you know, for good events. So it, it funds their public service activities, which include college scholarships, kids' fishing clinics, military veterans' fishing outing, fish stocking, et cetera. Um, it's going to so, be January 18th, right? January 18th. So for more information, you can Saturday. call Walt. I think Walt's called our show before. Oh yeah. Yeah, call oh. Walt and wake him up right now. I'm sure he'll appreciate that. Oh. 847-710 or 5 Yeah, no, excuse me. 847 5453 or Mike uh, at 414-788-3143. Again, you can uh, visit the Walleyes Unlimited uh, USA website as well.
3: Right. All right. We got an email here, Danny. Uh, It says, this is from Adam. He says, good morning, fellas. On last week's show, you mentioned firearm safety classes at Midwest Shooter Supply. Do these classes cover concealed carry and hunter safety? I'm also looking for the best way to get rid of a varmint rodent. I woke up to the sound of something climbing on my house. (laughs) Keeping my lie in mind, I live in a subdivision. Have a great day and thanks for your time. Number one, it depends. First of all, just call Midwestern Shooter Supply. Just Google Midwestern; it'll have a a phone number. Just call them and ask them what it all entails. Well, the website will probably have the information
0: that you need there.
3: And as far as rodents on your roof, uh, depending on what kind it is, get yourself a live trap if you want. Because you said you live in a subdivision, so you're not going to be up there with a 22, I guess. (laughs) So, but just get a live trap. And uh, depending on what kind of rodent it might be, I know raccoons like going up on roofs and digging through the shingles to try to get it in a warm attic or something. But uh, you can, uh, you know, you can trap those babies. Well,
0: if you can safely shoot one in the head with a 177 caliber pellet rifle at 1,000 to 1,200 feet per second. I'm in no way, Tom's getting all nervous over here. I'm in no way suggesting that you do that. I'm just saying that the... That the bandit in me, the Dan Bush, yeah. the kid who up in, grew up in Green Bay walking the railroad tracks with yeah. his 22, he might be tempted but to do something like if that. If there
3: was a police officer listening, they could tell us whether or not that That's was what? legal or not to use a pellet gun. Nobody's, it's don't ask, don't tell, Tom. Yeah, I know. I know I mean, it's not illegal if you their don't own get bathrooms caught. these
0: days they can shoot yeah. a. A if they if they want, in the dead of the yeah. night with nobody around, safely. Yeah. Know your target and your backstop yeah. and quietly dispose of. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm not saying to do that, of course, yeah. but
3: all <laughs> yeah. I know is what I might do. Right. Well, listen, when we come back after this break, Danny, you know what? We got some info from Al Lindner, all right? The great Al Lindner himself. The great Al Lindner. Yeah. He's going to – actually, it's not Lindner. It's Lindner. I know N-. Did you know that? Of course I knew that. Okay. Well, um, a lot I mean, of people he, yeah. didn't know he that. He
0: signed my Lindner. brother's, my brother has yeah. a pink X-wrap that he had the great Al Lindner sign. Is that right? Yeah. Oh. And he wasn't going to use it up on the Bay of Green yeah. Bay for the smallies, but then one day he thought, oh, what, what the have. heck? And he started and he caught <laughs> a, use and it. And yes, indeed, he caught a big smallie yeah, on the. I believe it. Autographed by the L. Yeah.
3: Well, we got uh, some inf- uh, interesting <laughs> information, Al. Share with you when we come back. All we ever had. So is you don't want to leave. Stay tuned. We got never some good boring. stuff. No, never. Uh uh-uh. uh. We'll be right back, folks. It's a cool song.
0: Good choice. And I don't want to
3: start talking about what Al Lindner said until Danny gets back. He went to get a cup of coffee and I think he got lost. More likely. Yeah, I it's think a big, he did.
4: It's a big building.
3: Well, not, it's too not big, that big of well, for, you know. Yeah, maybe he stopped at the bathroom or something, you know, and I don't know who knows. Maybe he's talking to somebody. Maybe there's a young lady out there he's talking to.
1: Oh, or no, an older here, here or an comes. older
3: lady. Cuz you know, he's such an old guy, he'd be talking to the older ones, <laughs> not the younger ones. <laughs> We're talking about you. You falling old. <laughs> I didn't say hey, you were not, old. Not me, I said him, you'd be. Right. I said, I'm I the said only guy you'd who be.
0: Remembers your name around. Hey, you. I, I, I didn't said say you'd anything. be. I said
3: you might have uh, been talking to a younger, a young lady, and I thought, wait a minute, not a young lady, an older right. lady. Technically, he's <laughs> right. Mr. green jeans here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, Captain here we go. Captain Kangaroo.
3: Yeah, there we go. All right, you don't look like Captain Kangaroo. The L. Lindner himself. Like him. Uh. He, uh, he wants to talk about climate change. He's all he's he he believes in that climate change. He says in his article, the recent article in the Wisconsin Outdoor News. Yeah. He says, well, yeah, yeah, there's climate change. He says I believe in that. He says, you know, there were a few winters there where uh, we had uh, mild uh, winters, not as much snow, the lakes didn't freeze, freeze over until later in the year. And now we got a few years where we got the ice that's coming early, a couple months early, and uh, colder weather. He says, "Yeah, the climate it changes." <laughs> I think he's on our side. Yeah, you know what? I uh,
0: I was listening to something oh. where they were talking about record highs, record lows, and they say, "Well, we almost hit a record today." Yeah. The Almost. record high was in 1877 <laughs> at this, and the record low was in 1898 at this. And I'm thinking, you know, there were drastic s- changes in... Cl- well, did, car- did carbon emissions cause the ice age? <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, I think our country, our planet has gone through a whole lot of changes over the years. Yeah. exactly. And if there would had been, a- been a bunch of cavemen scientists
3: back in the day... <laughs> When the ice age they, <laughs> they would
0: have been attributing it to something. They would have they figured did. out.
3: They would have figured out how to make money on it or how to make well what what did they use back then? Meat clubs? I don't stones? Know. Sharp stones? Well, they would have figured out how to make more of it. <laughs> you know, and by saying, No, we gotta we gotta check into this and figure this out. You know <laughs> Did you hear about that the Time
0: oh, magazine God. person of the year, Greta Thunberg, I think is her name, the young girl, bless her heart. 16 years old, they named her person of the world because she got in front of the, you know, talked to the United Nations about climate change and this and that. Apparently, from what I've heard through news reports, is her parents weren't even environmentalists or anything. Apparently that she actually did have some some personal mental health issues or depression or whatever. And then she kind of latched on to the subject at school or something like that. And her Mm. parents encouraged it kind of like encouraging your kid to get into a hobby or something to get himself, you know, and and it was more a thing to get her involved in something positive and uh, not that they were really environmentalists at all. But I mean, it's good that she's passionate about something, but I think that I think, for us to try and scare people where mm. we're going to tell them that the world's going to blow up in 15 years. I don't think that's necessarily right no. either.
3: No. Well, everything that Al Gore said 20 years ago, that was going to happen. Florida be under Now underwater. it's going to happen in another 20 well, years yeah, from now. Give us another because tw- not one thing that he said was going to happen actually happened. Not one thing. Well, make another 20 years. Hey, we got some emails to get to. Okay. Danny. What do we got? We got, this is from uh, Dennis, He says, uh, Tom and Bushy, who makes a good air rifle scope? The high-speed air rifles really do have a kick and seem to be hard on the scopes. I have a Gamo air rifle like the one that Bushy just mentioned, and it tears up scopes. So what do you think, Danny? Well, it
0: is interesting that air rifle scopes are different in that uh, there's something to do with when you you shoot those things. It does kind of give kind of a different type of a shock, kind of a... Shockwave, not that they hurt your shoulder or anything, but they do actually have specific scopes for it. Now, I got a Crossman, actually, that I got on sale years ago. And it's your basic, normally $100, $125 one, shoots the 177 caliber. It came with a scope. Um, I've still got that scope sitting in my gun cabinet because I prefer to go with the open sights when I don't shoot raccoons that are climbing people's houses and uh, (laughs) in the dark.
3: but. You can hire Danny for that. Danny. (laughs) He'll come over to your house. (laughs) I'm a raccoon hitman.
0: So anyway, and this week we got a special, two for one. (laughs) (laughs) But you got to buy me a beer after. So anyway, uh, (laughs) I in no way endorse drinking beer or shooting raccoons. But uh, anyway, I would suggest, to get around to the subject, I would suggest probably just purchasing one from, like, gamble or one of the major air gun manufacturers. Uh, I'm thinking Gamo is one. I think there's another one, RWS. There's a number, particularly those European companies. Um, I would suggest that you go to one of the uh, air gun companies' websites and kind of look it over. Uh, You can get them relatively cheap, but again, you can get what you pay for. So It probably might be worth it to invest in one that's going to be a little bit more expensive.
3: My pellet gun, that that thing is... That scope on those were so bad, they're the less expensive Pelicans, and they were just so, they were terrible.
0: Well, the one that came on so. my Crossman, I went and read reviews, and uh, you know how you can go online and read reviews on yeah. different packages? Yeah. And some of the reviews said, yeah, scope's a piece of crap that came with it. Another review said, well, and this is for the one that I bought, and I still have the scope, I, I may put it on someday, it said the scope's okay, it's yeah. a, not maybe the greatest in the world, but functional mm-hmm. for a pellet rifle. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, oh. um, again, yeah. I don't know if our friends, if Randy up at Midwestern Shooter Supply would have any air rifle scopes. Uh, I now know. that I think of it, I don't think I don't I've know. ever seen any air rifle type stuff up there. Right. I think they're primarily just firearms. R- How about Sherpers? What do you got no. out there? Do you, you know no. air
3: gun scopes? Well, actually, all their uh, pellet guns are on sale. They're 40% off. All the air rifles, are oh. they're, they're going to get out of the air rifle business, so they're all on sale, 40% off. I'm thinking about buying one myself, as a matter of fact. Well, 40% I need a, off? I need a better one, yeah. I might pick up a better yeah. one then. Okay, here, we got an email from Ted. Now, this is about, we were talking about hats before, right? Yeah, yeah. He says, if you are not only counting baseball hats, cowboy hats are another one worn often. You're right, Ted. The people down in Texas or wherever, they, they wear them cow, cowboy hats all day long, don't they? You know, they? They got, the guys wear cowboy hats
0: down down Texas, and that's part of the decor. But have you ever kind of noticed that if you got guys like up here wearing cowboy hats, that they look kind of like a Yahoo?
3: Oh, up here? Yeah, it no, doesn't fit think up think some here. guy
0: walking around wearing a cowboy yeah, hat, down, you know.
3: Down south, that's thinks normal. Thinks he he's Roy Rogers or yeah. something. Isn't that weird how down south that's normal, oh, especially Texas, Arizona, New Mexico— that's normal. Yeah. But up here, but up it's here, like. Some uh... guy
0: some guy up here, I would think they're tr- trying too hard to be Gritz Gresham or Jim Shockey or Whoever. whomever.
1: I can't remember if it was the Dallas Cowboys game or it was some uh, football game down in Texas. But the trainer literally had a cowboy hat on. Like, well, you know, checks on the guys who were injured down the yeah. field and comes out. And, you know, oh, are you OK? And blah, blah, blah. Dude had like the biggest like cowboy hat <laughs> I've ever seen.
0: While uh, he's in the game while he's yeah, helping him yeah, on the sideline. Yeah. Oh wow, I don't know. I you know I had to go, go go ahead you say Oh, oh I,
3: no, go ahead. We'll okay.
0: Uh, oh, and I'm gonna do an out before I forget. Uh, we mentioned the All Canada show guys. Uh, make sure when you go out there that you talk to our good friends at Temple Bay Lodge. Uh, Temple Bay Lodge, uh, they're going to be at the All Canada show this weekend. And if you can't go uh, this weekend, they can catch them at the Chicago show next weekend or at the Battle on Bago Ice Fishing. And here's the deal. My brother-in-law, Forrest, and uh, my nephew, Hayden, they have gone to Temple Bay Lodge religiously since he was a little boy. And they absolutely love the trip. And this is a deal where you can get picked up on a bus and get yep. oh, all the way up there, all the way back, everything taken uh, care of you for a fantastic price. So definitely talk to him. I believe Jeff, it's Jeff at Temple Bay Lodge. Definitely check him out. It'd be a great trip.
3: Yeah. I uh, just want to let people know that the prize contests on the Cutting Edge Outdoors are the sole responsibility of the Cutting Edge Outdoors radio show and its sponsors. Any questions or comments should be directed to Guys at Yahoo.com. Uh, just got to get that.
0: Also, uh, we got AJ's Fishery. Um, Going on, there's lots of great fisheries going to be coming up at Curly's Waterfront Pub. Uh, you yeah. can probably go to their website and uh, kind of check into uh, what's going on out there. I believe the first one is going to be coming up in a couple of weeks. I think Lunkers Unlimited uh, has one. And real, realistically, all these clubs are great. You know, the, the one out at AJ's. Uh, I mentioned before where the, uh, you know, a lot of the proceeds go to good things. Same thing with Lunkers, most of the area sport clubs. You can buy tickets, support the club because a lot of that money goes to good causes, and you got a chance to win something.
3: Yes. I agree. You concur? Yeah. Aren't we getting a phone call uh, coming up about the safari information?
0: Uh, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, we should Why be. didn't you mention why, that off-air to you me? Know, why are you talking Dan, about... Why didn't you mention... I don't have my cell phone with me either.
3: I, you want to use mine? Do you know the number offhand? No. No? Uh, <laughs> well, hopefully Dan or Mike will remember, and they'll call us. Otherwise, i got the information here. Unless I can I, tell people. Did I put
0: my... Did I, I can
3: tell people. I got yeah, Well, the, you can I just got,
0: hold off on it.
3: There. Yeah, I got the info. If they don't call us... You know, they, they. it seems like they always call us in the last break. They never... Like All right. Well, we got another that. break, right? Yeah, we got – this All is right. it. As a matter of fact, this is the last break right, right now. We got a caller calling in, and so we'll see if that's who we think it is. And we'll be right back. He's Dan Bush. I'm Tom Newbauer. Stay tuned for more on 107 FM, The Fan. Fan.
0: back to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. And now on the line, the man, the myth, the legend, I think it's time to, uh Dan Johnson.
3: Hey, good morning, Dan. <laughs> hey,
0: what's up, buddy? Good morning, guys. Happy New Year. Hey, happy New Year to you, too, hey, buddy.
3: Yeah, same to you.
4: I, I was in the process of dialing the phone right when you came on the radio and started talking about
3: Oh, is that it. right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. okay. Well, that's good. I was just kind of curious. Why do you always call in the last segment? Because
0: we told them uh, to call during you the did? last segment. That's, oh, you I did? Oh, Tom, you always got a question. To, I don't remember that. Well, why don't that? we talk about this often? Why are we talking on the air about it now?
3: <laughs> well, I don't know. Because we got oh, geez, time. Come to, on, Tom. We got time. All right. Can we let okay. him talk? Yes. Go, Go ahead. ahead, Danny. <laughs>
4: good, good morning. And once again, t- calling to remind us, uh, listeners out there that we do have a competition or contest going on right now to win five free days of lodging and daily service at uh, Daka Safaris in Africa. That hunt uh, also includes um, the choice of two trophies. Uh, one is a wild uh, blue wildebeest and or an impala and a, a bloods box. So you can have one of the blue wildebeest plus one of the other two. Along with that you're going to get a taxidermy credit for the and power of the bloodbuck mount um this is a huge uh, substantial savings it's for 2020 hunt you can bring up to four people uh this is a great opportunity to get your foot into the door to get into africa at a, at a discounted rate it's a savings of i think we figured 2400
3: i thought um, it was over four thousand.
4: well wasn't that with two people what do we talk about no
3: for people? one person it saves about four grand <laughs> about yeah. four grand yeah.
0: for the five days and with the, the, yeah. with the taxidermy credit yeah. and stuff. I think that's...
3: Yeah, it was about 4200 something like that. And so if one person wins, that person can bring three other people and they get the same deal, right?
0: They, they get the same deal, yeah. yes. You okay. have to stay a minimum of seven days. So um, you'd pay
3: for two days yourself,
0: yeah. but you'd get the five right. days free.
3: Right. Okay. Right. Now how, what do they got to do in order to get a chance to win this?
0: What they need to do is go to, to sadakasafaris.co
4: .za That's their website. That uh, They don't have .com. They have ZA over there. And uh, if you find the Suzaka Safari slogan, um, it's on the front page of the website. What you do is you text what that is and along with your name to 262-781-1704, and that gets you into the drawing to win this.
3: Now, um, is, is there a website they can go to in case they don't remember all of this? Um, is there someplace they can go to see all these we, rules?
4: You could always want call. You want to give them another website?
3: <laughs> no, just a, oh, that's no. You said that people could call you.
4: you people can call me at two six two five six zero zero four four five at Dan Johnson Tax for me and yeah. I'll explain all the rules to you, and uh, you know, get you get you more interested in it because this is a great opportunity, especially for the first time hunter wanting to travel there and really saves a big chunk of money. So you can use bow, bow or gun, or if you're an archer and you want to hunt around some watering holes and stuff, this is a great opportunity to do that.
0: Um, several of my friends have done those trips. Our buddy uh, Rod and uh, Rod Grimmie and uh, our buddy Jake, who owns Carly's, he went out there and did the African game, and they both spoke really highly of it. And I would recommend, Dan, for anybody really interested, they ought to swing by your shop out there in Walk. You've got a great display of mounted animals, which is fascinating to look at and just talk to you personally about it and they can get a really good idea of what's what
4: right right that you know there's a uh, a, a misconception that it's you know super expensive to go to africa and, and i'm not saying that there's no cost involved but technically you could go to africa and shoot you know four or five animals cheaper than you can go to Af- go out west and hire a guide to to oh, yeah. hunt one elk
0: you right, know right right
4: mean, there are other fees associated to get get there of course a flight and, and stuff like that but i mean you're gonna have flight costs with anything though too so <clears throat> it's yeah. a great opportunity and and uh, they got a great facilities like there's a pool and they're dining and you eat different meats they cater to your diet and stuff if you're on you know special needs or uh, you know, something with your feeding and
3: great. Right.
0: Well if somebody has a, if someone has a wife who doesn't want to necessarily shoot something I mean they can take pictures too right
4: Absolutely and uh, there are other excursions that they do have out there there's a cheetah a cheetah ranch that you can go to you can go to an elephant ranch and see elephants and get up close and personal with these animals and
3: uh, Danny you others, know Danny excursions. oh sorry I was going to say, Danny was thinking about opening up his chinchilla ranch over there in South Africa because of the climate, because of the climate, you know. (laughs) Good climate for chinchillas. Wasn't that what you were growing? I'm done with chinchillas. Oh, you're done with them.
0: Yeah. I I gave my old girlfriend a chinchilla coat.
3: Our producer, hey, our producer is flashing me gang signs. (laughs) How many minutes does that mean? Three? (laughs) What was that? You did like, no, you did that. What's that? What's this that? is, this hey, is how, that's
0: racist. That's the okay sign. You can't do that. Sorry, this is how I put up three.
3: That's how you put up three? All right. Can yeah. we get... Okay. Can we,
0: Tom. I mean, John Lehman. Tom, <laughs> yeah. can you let, John get on topic here again? Yes. Jeez.
4: Yeah, I think Bush it? wanted to have so, a uh, yeah. Himalayan woodpick farm. There yeah. we
3: go. <laughs> <laughs> I can take so, him off Tom's yeah. back unless he shaves so, it. Sadaka... <laughs> SadakaSafaris.co.za, yeah.
0: And and what's his the guy? What's his first name again? Ebert. 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 He's going to be in town in a couple weeks.
3: He'll be in here with us, right?
4: Be in there on the 18th to do the show and do the drawing. See if we can
0: pull a lucky winner. All right, right. sounds good, Dan.
3: Thanks. Sounds great. Thanks for calling. We'll talk to you next week. All right. You betcha. Take care, guys. Okay. Bye, Dan. All right. That was Dan Johnson from Dan Johnson Taxidermy in Oconomowoc.
0: Yeah, and just Google Sadaka Safaris. Yeah, you don't have Google. to enter all that www. No, you no, know, w- w- you can just w- Google w- these w- there. John Lehman taught me you don't need the
3: www. W- no, w- I told you that. You know, I was, didn't. I was telling, I was telling Tell you, advertisers. John told me. No, I before John ever because John always, John always used it, and I said. I said, you know, and there was a guy doing an ad. I forget right. who it was, and I says, you know, you don't really need the www. In today's <laughs> world, you just Google. You, you just type it in. Whereas Google know. controls the world, you know. Oh
0: yeah, definitely. They're influ- the influencing your political views, you know. And
3: and I, I next week I got to tell you about how I almost threw my computer and everything right out. out of the house into the trash. Hey, You got to watch that anger, Tom. I got to tell you You about what
0: happened. People live longer and don't have heart surgery are the ones that are calm
3: and kind and love people. Yeah, I can't have too much stress. All right, Danny, that's all I got. Yeah, that's all I got. (laughs) Thanks for listening and God bless and stay free,
0: everyone. You've been listening to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Head to the All Canada show, my friends. We'll talk to you next week.